I got to tell you, it's really difficult to have your garden soil ready and just sit there. I mean, you get the soil ready. It's nutrients are there. It just looks so lush. It's weed free. There's no leftover plants from last season. It's ready to be planted. But the plants may not be right. It's just, there's a season for it. And so I've been holding off, holding off, holding off. But uh, this weekend, I'm going to put some vegetables in the ground, mainly summer things. So I've got my walls of water, or they call them plant protectors. There's these little mini teepees. You fill up with water. They collapse around the plant. They keep it warm. They make them happy. So no matter if we get some cold yet, or if we go below, I mean, tomato, it does not like to be below 50 degrees. I mean, if you are cold outside at two o'clock in the morning, so is a tomato. Peppers aren't quite as finicky. Eggplants are, are even more finicky. So it's certain plants just really like the summer. They, they don't like cold nights. They want to be warm. And so those things, I'm planting a few right now, and I'm putting my plant protectors over them, and that protects them. It does a couple things. It warms up the soil so it they really start rooting quickly. I mean, like right now, they'll outpace your neighbors that, that didn't do that easily. The folks that have greenhouses, it kind of competes with them. So if you've got a greenhouse, you know how quickly you can get things started. Well, with these plant protectors, even without a greenhouse, you can do the same thing. And so I've had some that are, I must have some that are 10 years old. I keep reusing them. They look kind of skanky, dirty. They got some algae growing in them. Again, they're tubes that you fill with water. And I try to get them to dry out, but uh, I don't care how they look. I'm only going to keep them on for a month. I'm going to pull them back off the plant and just let the tomatoes run rampant. I'm going to let cucumbers just go crazy. I'm going to let the squash just bulk up in May. So sometime middle of May, I'll pull them off and go, ah, it's good. It's been a good ride. But by then, they've quadrupled in size. So I'm going to put a few things in. I would not do that for strawberries. I would not do that for lettuce. I would not do it for anything that's a cool season plant. Only use plant protectors, only grow in a greenhouse, things that like the summer. I would not put strawberries into, I wouldn't put peas in a greenhouse. They like the coolness. They want it to be cooler. So let them just go. So peas like the spring, beans do not. Beans like warm soil. They like growing up fence poles and, and bamboo structures. They like growing up things when it's summer. They're a summer plant. Peas are a spring plant. So frequently I'll plant my peas fully knowing that they're going to produce. I'm going to be harvesting those by the end of May. I will purposely pick off the beans, rip those things out of the ground, and I'll put my beans in that same spot right afterwards. So you get a crop rotation. It's called square foot gardening, getting more production out of a tight space. And it's very easy to do. You just got to know which ones to put in and just which ones do you start first in spring, usually in March, and which ones do you wait to start until May? So there's a, there's a seasonality. So look for your frost date. So it, no matter where you're tuned in from here, it's White Mountains to Flagstaff to, to Sedona to, I mean, here in the Central Highlands, this this uh, this area, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, uh, uh, Prescott, I'd say, I would say spilling over to, really, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Kirkland, Skull Valley, those areas, I would say you all are, you're a zone seven. You flirt, quite a few of you, with zone eight.
And so your frost date typically is going to be sometime that first week in May. Maybe it's the last week in April. Yeah, you're okay. So Prescott's the coldest, the May 8th. Prescott Valley, you all have got it so easy because your your frost dates earlier. It's May like seventh or sixth. So you're like you're two days earlier. So yeah, a hundred years of data. You you get two. It's still the last frost date is May sixth. Prescott's May eighth. So it just depends. I tell you what fools you. So we farmed. I, I raised my family in Skull Valley of all places. Skull, like S Q L L. Skull Valley. It's a little ranch town. And so it's mainly ranching and farming. And so we raised our family on a 10-acre farm and we had greenhouses and we grew lots of our plants that we have here. And so there, that cold air would settle off of the top of uh, a copper basin, that, that copper basin row, that, that cool air spills right on top every evening. It would really cool down. So you could feel the cold air settle. And you'll notice that in your own neighborhood. You'll find that that dry wash where you were at uh, that cold air kind of settles. And when you walk your neighborhood, you'll feel the warm air rise, cool air kind of settle. And so that can affect your yard as well. So just keep that in mind. Another one that I find really helps uh, you folks on the east exposure, the east side of the hill, the east vistas, you've got some of the best gardening ever because that sun pops up and warms those gardens up quicker than let's say someone on a north slope. That's kind of where I'm at. It's cold. I mean, the snow just did melt off those gardens. And so, uh, whereas the south-facing uh, hillsides, you've been thawed for a month. So it just depends. Those, those are variables that, that can affect your, we call those microclimates. And so that affects when and how you, you plant your gardens. Right now, I'm going to put a few things, a few summer plants in my north-facing gardens uh, because I just want to get started. Am I here? I've got a radio show podcast. I've got, I'm writing garden columns, <laughs> bragging rights. Let's face it. Gardeners like to talk about at, at cocktail parties. They're going to get together in June and go, oh, you know, I just picked my first tomato. How are you doing with your gardens? And you're going to go, oh, I'm just not a very good gardener. It's because we cheated. We started early with a few key plants. If you start with smaller tomatoes. So cherry tomatoes are going to come off that plant much faster than, let's say, a beefsteak or, or a, a brandy wine, these great big slicers. You're not going to get anything off of those until August. I mean, come on. They just, it takes so long to produce a giant fruit. And so I'll plant a few things early so I can describe over the airwaves to you all going, oh my gosh, that tomato, that cucumber just melted. It was so crunchy. It tasted so good. How are you doing on your gardens? So some of that bragging rights. I don't go all in. So I'm, I do secession planning. This is something we probably ought to cover. So you don't want to put all of your radishes in all at once, or you'll have so many you know what to do with. You plant some of your seeds, some a row of that vegetable garden, and you hold some in reserve. So you can start in another couple of weeks. You'll start another section of carrots. You're sort of another section of beans, another section of, so you've got this succession planning. So there's always a crop rotation coming off out of that gardens. That way you're not overwhelmed with so much, so many vegetables. You don't have to plant all at once. You can do it in waves or in groups or in set. You can do it in succession planting. And so it's very famous for root crops. So radishes are like the number one because you can have too many radishes. 
but not if you're planting every couple of weeks. You just plant a few more seed. And so you're always opening up uh, a vegetable, part of your gardens for more coming off that garden. I'm doing the same thing with some of my bigger plants. So I'll do that with my, my tomatoes. I love tomatoes. I'm a salsa gardener. I love cilantro, tomatoes, onions, uh, some of the herbs, fresh, fresh oregano, uh, fresh uh, parsley. These are all things that are just, they melt in your mouth and they make everything taste better. So I'm, I'm putting together some of those plants in now, but I'm not, I'm not under pressure. I won't get it all planted until the end of May. Then the entire gardens will be packed. Things will start producing. Uh, the cucumbers and beans are starting to grow at that point. Uh, the, I'm pretty much done with the broccoli. I'm freeing up that space for squash. So I'm doing square foot gardening. So I've got raised beds and containers. So I've got, I've got to be efficient with when and how I plant those things. I've got many perennial varieties, lots of uh, perennial like uh, asparagus. It stays where it's at, comes up every year. My herbs, the, the oregano is perennial. You plant it once and you're done. It comes for years. Rosemaries, uh, parsley. These are all things you plant once. So I'm, I'm, where do I put those where I can keep them? What do I plant now that I want to harvest and then free up space later? So the tall things like corn and big, big tomatoes, I'll plant on the north side of my garden so they don't shade some of my smaller things. So some strategies to that. We've got a handout here at the garden center. It's called uh, the vegetable calendar. It's for here. It's when do you plant carrots? When do you plant uh, cucumbers? When do you plant eggplants? It's very helpful. Ask for one. Get your free copy. Be back after this.